So Len, you're at Midwest.js? I was. Gave a talk about creating React apps, bootstrapping React apps, which I actually regret uh, <laughs> making that like a talk. Like normally when I have a talk, I like to like milk it. Like you do a lot of work to make your talk and then you want to be able to give it again. Oh yeah. Wait, so did you did you give the same talk that you gave at, uh, at MoonConf? No, no. I just gave a little workshop at MoonConf. Okay. So I pitched this so talk. So you are not reusing. Uh, no, that was just a like free form, like getting started with functional programming and JavaScript thing. But this was like bootstrapping React, like trying to get over the pain of, you know, like Thomas Fuchs, like tweet, uh, Mark is ready to start his React app. And there's like a ridiculous whiteboard in front of him, kind of getting over that part. <laughs> like there's so much to install. Um, so there's a lot of, of bootstrap. About React, you mean? Boilerplate projects. Yeah, about React. But... So, so there's a lot of boilerplate projects. So it's basically using boilerplates to like get up and running. But 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 now now we have create React app. What's up? <gasps> Ooh, so I wrote a blog post about it because I like it. Um, it's a npm package that abstracts away uh, the like build process and stuff. So basically, you you install create React app globally. Uh, you run it. Uh, and it does the thing, and you your package.json. In addition, instead of having like a you know a pile of stuff and like a webpack config and stuff, it's all kind of hidden behind this React scripts library. But I mean, and by hidden, I mean it's still all open source. And there's even an eject method so that you can, um, if you want to remove the abstraction, so that you can customize the webpack or whatever you want to do. Uh, you can always eject and remove the abstraction. But yep. I really like it because it's just, it it is like a, you know, it's a React-backed solution to the, how do you start a React app? So Dan Abramov has been working on it. It's awesome. Oh, exactly. Yeah, that was the first 15 minutes of my, of That's my the first, <laughs> Oh, nice. Well, now you can use 10 of those minutes for something else. <laughs> right. Or you can develop an opinion about how you like or slash don't like create React app. Um, well, no, no, the talks were an hour, which was kind of daunting. And I would have finished early. I did. I did finish early. Good. But yeah. So um, yeah, that was the first part. And then I picked another one for the second part, which was Eshta, which is pretty uh, ambitious. But basically, if you want your React app to literally fulfill the promise of write once to play everywhere, uh, Eshta might be the boilerplate to look at. Uh, and I like looking at these boilerplates because even if you do not use them, you get ideas and see different patterns. Uh, but Eshta is using one code base uh, for Node, uh, the single page app, iOS and Android, all in the same uh, code base. So it's kind of interesting. Is your talk recorded? They were recorded, but yeah. I looked down after and the microphone that was going to the uh, soundboard was off. I think the battery died. So I don't oh, know if it's actually no. going to survive. So yours specifically might not be there. It might well, not be there. Can you do a voiceover? You, guess you should reuse that talk. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, uh, in a conference in three months, this whole like ecosystem is going to change. Like When I pitched this talk, Create React App wasn't a thing. That's like a month old. So who knows if Eshta is going to be around. There'll probably be a new hotness in, in three months. That's the problem with React stuff. Right. But I mean, the good thing about boilerplates, and like you said with React, Create React App, like if it goes away, it doesn't matter. It's only the thing that kind of kicked you down the road. It's not a dependency that you have. Yeah. And also, I mean, there's also strategies about like how you can structure the talk for almost like there's sections and then there's like a 
place where it makes sense to add and remove sections as things become more or less relevant. Um, yeah. This is why I really like. I'm I've been doing uh, Remark JS slides the last uh, probably two years just because it's just Markdown. So adding and removing slides becomes extremely trivial for me. Um, big fan. Have you tried Dexet? No. Is it also Markdown? Because that's like a big seller for me right now. It's Markdown. Um, what makes it better? But it's not in your browser. Uh, but, I don't know okay, if it's if better. Okay, if I go to JavaScript conferences, I, I just, though, I want it to be in my browser. That is true. So that's that the thing, true. too. And it's um, and the whole thing is that being in the browser means you deploy it to GitHub pages. So it's a super friendly flow of like, I make a talk, I upload it to GitHub on the GitHub pages branch. Ta-da, it has a website. So it works out. So you talked about your talk. Were there any talks that you went to after you gave your talk? Because like, you probably didn't go to any talks before, right? Yeah, I talked on the last day, and I was definitely behind on preparation. So I spent a, a lot of Thursday in my hotel working on my talk. I went to a, a good talk by Stephen Faulkner on serverless architectures, which actually was just kind of intimidating. <laughs> but well, but they're all going to be on YouTube. So that's, there's another uh, conference thing I'll usually do. If I know the talks are going to go on YouTube, I'll spend more time in the hallway and less time in, in sessions. Did you do anything in the city that you were in? I don't know where it was. Minneapolis, right? Is it in the same city? Yeah, or Minneapolis. Did they rotate? Minneapolis is nice in the summer. Did you did you ride bike share? I, I did not. There were a lot of bike shares everywhere, though. Yeah. It was actually was kind of hot. I was surprised. Awesome time. I rented bike share, biked around, went to get vegan food. It was really good. <laughs> I, I spoke at the first one like two years ago of MidwestJS. Yeah, they said the original plan was to switch cities, but then no other city actually wanted to go through the hassle, so it's stayed in Minnesota. I mean, it makes sense once you have a, I mean, once you have a venue and stuff, like that stuff is hard. So, right. and I think Minneapolis is nice. I don't know if people from Iowa don't have a problem with trekking that far, then that's cool. And I, I'm not making fun of Iowa. I mean, literally, there are people who go there from Iowa, and it's like a four to five hour drive. <laughs> right. So it's it's a it's a little bit of a haul, but I mean, compared to trying to get to one of the coasts or something, it's you know a lot easier. And a different scenery is good too. The Midwest. So what's uh what's new with y'all? I'm hot. That's all, that's all that's new. We have a we had a heat wave. I think it's over today in Philly. So it's been gross. I did a Raspberry Pi day event on Saturday that a coworker convinced me to go to. Uh, we had we each had stations to sort of show off the things you can do. And my station was, um, it was supposed to be a lamp, but I didn't get the memo that I was supposed to bring a lamp with me. Uh, so I got one of those fans. Remember that fan you used to have in the office, Len? Yeah. A desk fan. I had one of those. <laughs> um, and it was pretty cool. So the person who organized the event uh, bought all the Raspberry Pis and the, the tools you need. And there's this like relay switch thing that you connect to like a lamp or a, um, a whatever device that plugs into electricity. And uh, you plug it into the GPIO on the Raspberry Pi. And then Adafruit has this dashboard. It's like you can drag and drop widgets onto the dashboard. And uh, you just run a, a program, a JavaScript program on your uh, on the Raspberry Pi. And then you give it like the API key of your Adafruit account. And you could send commands from the Adafruit dashboard to the Pi, which then sends it to whatever you're connected to. So we're able to like shut the fan on and off uh, from a button you just drag from Adafruit uh, in the dashboard. Uh, 
So you, and they had like a momentary button uh, that you could like pause the fan or pause the light. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Adafruit's doing good things. Um, they launched a rocket with a camera connected to a Raspberry Pi in it. Uh, they had a blimp. Uh, they had some weather stuff. I didn't get a chance to check out the weather, the weather, uh, the weather station. But, yeah, it was a lot of fun. There were adults and kids there trying to learn about Aww. Raspberry Pis. There was this parent that brought her son, um, and he's interested in it for like Minecraft stuff and some other things. And she's opening a brewery, and she wants to use Raspberry Pis to like. Uh, I guess take away some of the manual work that they have to do, like collecting data and stuff with the beer or automating things. So it was funny because the, they were watching Mr. Robot together. And I think they said like they mentioned Raspberry Pis and Mr. Robot. And then they Googled it. They mentioned and, a decent amount of real stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, what's this Raspberry Pi thing? Oh, my gosh. And then they bought one. <laughs> what? I was like, oh, yes, that's awesome. I mean, that's interesting, but also uh, it worries me a bit in terms of like the circular nature of what kind of media consume uh, people consume determines who ends up in computing in a certain percentage. Like you people, mean, like, people get certain in, people, will people, watch people, Mr. Robot. people, yeah, certain people watch Mr. Robot, certain people play Minecraft, like, you know, and then thus these people are the people who get exposed to computing. So I know there's lots of people working on making things that appeal to other audiences, but it. It tweaks my anxiety a bit. The one uh, cool thing that the organizer did, um, I guess, so each stage, each round was an hour, and he figured like some people had finished a little earlier. So he brought old clock radios for uh, for the kids to take apart if they had any downtime, and they were into it. It's like taking out screws or drilling into them, or just basically just to, kind of not destroying them, but just like seeing what's inside. It's a good. Good distractor. Uh, so. That was my weekend. And then I got in my car and I was cooking. And I had to get out and leave the AC on. What's new with you, Pam? Uh, I mean, I was on vacation uh, last week. So that was nice. Went to Montreal. It was really did nice. you have Montreal bagels? I did. And they were not terrible. Uh, the ones I've tried in the United <laughs> States have been uh, subpar. They taste like diet bagels. I make fun of them. The uh, bagels in Montreal were actually pretty good. So whatever Wait, what people, is a Montreal bagel? It's like made a little different. It's like a little less dense than uh, a true bagel. What else did you do in Montreal? Uh, uh, we went hiking. Uh, I rode bike share. We drank a lot of beer. There's a lot of beer in Montreal. Uh, a lot of cool breweries and uh, craft beer places. Just like vacationing. It was nice. I haven't vacationed in a while. I travel a lot. I vacation rarely. So before the call started, Pam mentioned that she started drinking coffee. And this is, it's this also, is kind of I've huge. just been drinking caffeine in general. Yeah. And not coffee, not tea, every right? day. Not every day. It's like a some, it's still a sometimes food. Not um, every day? No. But I have started almost, I've started maybe caffeining every day, which I haven't done before. Which. Because well, you're drinking soda too, right? Yeah. Not, not like. This is why I'm anxious about it because it's not. I don't drink soda the way some people drink soda, where it's just <laughs> soda after soda. But I drink a like. Uh, I discovered that after I ride my bike or exercise, that it feels really good to drink some soda or caffeine because I've been having problems with with bike training, with crashing after 
uh, after I ride. I mean, there's like probably like lots of other solutions to this. Like I probably need to eat more. I don't know, but but I don't know. It's I don't like I'm not gonna like pull over on the trail and like eat a falafel sandwich in the middle of my ride. Um, cause then I also wouldn't feel good during the ride after that. I would then see the falafel sandwich again, but you could use those like cliff energy shots. So true story. My sister had to get like a root canal because she was using goo. Uh, <laughs> like goo is one of those and it's like yeah. just concentrated sugar and it wrecked her teeth. So I will not use those. I will uh, eat, I will eat real food. The only exception is I maybe will like get some like there's like these awesome like honey snack chew things, but then they also have caffeine in them. Like that's part of the point. Um, oh, you can get them without caffeine, but the ones that have caffeine are make you feel a lot better. But yeah, it's nice because it's actually like I mean it's real food shaped into a packaged content, but it's real food versus the creepy goo that rots your teeth. So how did you all decide to start drinking coffee? Were you just tired all the time? And then you were like, there's a substance that fixes this? College, all-nighters, procrastination. So, yes. That's how. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I used to drink those drinks from Starbucks, the Frappuccinos, like on and off. I used to drink a lot of tea. That's, that sounds like it gets expensive. Yeah, it's also bad for weight, too. And uh, <laughs> then I started drinking ice mochas from, like, coffee shops. And ice mochas uh, better than the Frappuccino? No, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. And then I was like, man, I drink a lot of this milk and these oh. milky drinks. And then I, was, I think it was with Justin that we, he was like, you should try cold brew. And I was hooked after I tried cold brew. Like, I never thought I would drink black coffee or with coffee without anything in it. And I just really like the taste. Like, there's like a peanutty kind of like bitter taste in iced coffee that I really like. Um, and that was a few years ago. And ever since that, I, I only drink iced coffee. So. And then every so often I stop. When I think it's like making me anxious, because uh, coffee can do that, or caffeine can do that to you, and then I miss it and I come back to it. My addiction got really bad as a freelancer. Before I started at a co-working place, I used to just hop from coffee shop to coffee shop, and every oh, hop, and hop, I came with a new yeah. coffee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was like my price of admission to use Wi-Fi. I was drinking right. like six cups of coffee a day. <laughs> but I like that. That so that happens when people coffee shop hop, but they never buy like an orange juice or a tea. They always seem to always want the coffee. Uh, programming and stuff. <laughs> programming and stuff. So I'm working on our like you all know I've been working on the auto tweet thing, right? Auto tweet. Yeah. So like I'm trying to set up a hook so that when we merge a PR to master, because so for reference, everyone listening, you should know that the podcast is all open source um so you can see like how we deploy podcast um so so i have a github hook set up that triggers a lambda function on aws and i need to get that lambda function to i got it as far the function now can add to buffer because your concern uh len is if you merge a pr at like you know two in the morning that we don't want to tweet then so buffer solves this buffer.com uh, and adds it to the buffer queue and it will tweet at a, you know, like an optimal tweet time. Um, so I have the buffer create working. I need to parse the uh, podcast file. That's the next step. And I was thinking about it this morning. And because one of the goals I have is kind of a weird goal. But so one of the things in AWS Lambda is you, 
you have a couple options in terms of how you get your code onto AWS. You can upload it in a zip file, and there's lots of tools and stuff to help you like make this less awful because who wants to upload a zip file by hand? Um, or you can literally write the code in a little text editor that's sitting on AWS Lambda or sitting on AWS. And if I use all native node stuff, then I don't have to have a package.json and thus package the code and I can literally copy paste it into Lambda. So that's like a random weird goal. So now I'm thinking about how I can parse this file, uh, how, like, how I'm gonna like, like rogue parse this file without feeding it into something that actually makes a nice syntax tree. I'm thinking about how I'm gonna just parse it brute force. So what do you wanna parse? So you know how our podcast episodes are in Markdown? Mm-hmm. So, and we have the metadata at the top. Um, I'm gonna parse that metadata and we're gonna add, I, I think the easiest path is we're gonna add a new uh, metadata field that's a tweet title and tweet tagline. And then I can take that data and form it into a tweet to add to buffer. That's actually a really good idea. Because it is a really good idea, that's why I'm doing it. <laughs> initially we were like, well, it's gonna be a boring tweet if like we sort of try and uh... no I'm actually running the function so it will literally format it in the exact same way that we've been tweeting nice. like the extra the extra work is only going to be in putting in the metadata but that that's actually like the human controlled bit so that's actually well <clears throat> so I feel the, like that's I, a, I guess a okay cost the genius thing about the, this idea is like so Justin and I have talked about like how to auto tweet before mm-hmm. and we're like it was like, oh, do we like magically try and create a tweet from what's the content? But just writing it out in the metadata is fine. It's like, yeah, it's punch. Well, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I mean, do we know the size though? Like, because that seems like more work. No, what do you it's mean really the size? not. No, no, no. So we know the size because we humans will literally be writing the metadata, so we can we can check it upon entry. And yeah, so you have, what also, about the but the URL? Oh. Like, I don't know what what Twitter magic happens when you put in a URL in Twitter. It, like, uses its shortener and like no. I never so buffer, know what that buffer, size is well, gonna I'm be. gonna test that. Um, but buffer uh, has a so one. Our tweets always say Turing cool slash number. So it's Turing cool plus a slash plus two. Well, soon it'll be three. You know, we're gonna have a hundred episodes and like not that long. Um, yeah, that's nuts. Anyway. Um, so I can account for that in the in the length of the tweet, but uh, yeah. So buffer buffer does do link tracking, and the way it does link tracking is it does it shortening for you, and um, so but you can turn that off. So yeah, but yeah, when we do turning dot cool, also uh, if Twitter it fails, turn it into once or TCO twice. bullshit. It has assholes. Um, usually, if we yeah, just never do it with turning dot cool slash. It usually ignores us, I think, because of our very hip top level domain. But yeah, I just I like it saying Turing dot cool. So I don't. I hope that yeah, I'm I'm fairly confident that I can make that happen. Um, because there's a setting in Buffer to say I don't want you to shorten this link. So, so that's the thing. So so yeah, I'm like not that far <laughs> from it. Uh, I'm actually giving some talks on AWS Lambda soon, and I'm kind of hoping I can finish it before then. So. Uh, you might see some test PRs from me while I'm testing the code. Uh, where are I just, uh, On the Turing Complete repo. Oh, no, no. Where, where are you speaking? Oh, uh, I'm speaking at Brooklyn JS and at Taco JS. Oh, Taco JS. So Taco JS is in Philly. Yeah, we talked about it last month. It launched last yeah, month. Yeah. It's happening again. Um, so 
since I'm speaking to Brooklyn JS and I'll have this talk ready, I'm just going to take it to taco. I need the tacos. It's going to be good. So, or well, I mean, the tacos will be good. I don't know if I'm going to be good. Hopefully it'll be good. I don't know. We'll see. <sighs> Brooklyn JS is a nice crowd, so I can't bomb too terribly. But yeah, if you're ever in New York, Lynn, it'd be a cool place for you to speak. Talks are only 10 minutes. So yeah, if you're ever traveling and feel like submitting and happen to be in Brooklyn on the third Thursday of a month. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I've been working on programming wise as like the side thing. And I've been especially working on it. I, I started it. I got the, so getting a GitHub hook into Lambda was not that bad. It was surprisingly not that bad compared to how annoying it is to work with the AWS interface. Um, Cause you do have to do it interface wise. Uh, but it's, you create a, uh, a pub sub queue in AWS and you hook up a, a GitHub webhook to it. And there's an option for it. There's like, hey, I, you know, in GitHub, you're like, hey, I want you to hook up to the SNS queue. And it does that. And then in order to hook it up to Lambda, you just say, well, when a message appears in this queue, I want you to run this Lambda with the event. So, and that's it. It's like not, it's not that complicated. I mean, I don't know. Does it sound complicated? Seems pretty reasonable. A little bit. <laughs> it's like a queue and a, Len yeah. doesn't like anything operations or... Huh? It's kind of true. Len doesn't like anything related to deploying stuff. It doesn't like it? Len doesn't. Anything on AWS or yeah. Docker or... It always gives me the chills. He just oh. wants to write Ruby code all day. Aw, yeah, and we're missing Justin, who who is our ops wizard. So Justin likes ops and stuff. Yeah. But, but yeah, I don't know. I think it'll be... I mean, one thing is like, if I finish, which I don't know, I have like some vague confidence. I never finish like side projects, but like, I really want to auto tweet. <laughs> like, I really want it so, really bad. <laughs> one thing we could do is, uh, and hopefully this doesn't sound terrible, but okay, if you put it on, if we put it on GitHub and you get like seventy five percent of the way, if somebody is interested in the stuff, they can uh, contribute. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm at the point where it's really like. So I got, I got like, I was like, da da da, like chugging along yesterday, and then I realized a couple things. Is that one, like, I can check and see because one of the things is that you have to check and see, uh, like, that is a merge to master because you're just getting all GitHub webhook things. So you want to check this merge to master and not like just a PR request or a push to a branch or something. Um, So you want to check that it's a, a push to master. And the other thing that I ran to, uh, which like that turned out fine, hooking up to buffer turned out fine, it's cool. Uh, but now I need to to do the file parsing, which means I need to like you know request the raw file because that file like the diff is not in the GitHub webhook, which makes sense because like diffs can be really big. Um, so I gotta request that and. Like the other thing that's is this is gonna be like I don't know I'm gonna I mean it's gonna go on GitHub uh, when I'm done for sure but uh, like I'm just gonna basically essentially do the equivalent of curling the raw GitHub user content uh, thing rather than using a GitHub API or any shit like that like because I can just get the file. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Like it seemed like I was like so I could get the GitHub API or I could not. <laughs> yeah. So. Like I could literally like it's on the public internet. We're an open source project. Like we, I don't have to authenticate or anything. Like so, yeah. So okay. So that's like the step. That's like maybe I'll do that today. That that could happen. That'd be cool if that happened. How was that coffee, Pam? Uh, <laughs> no, I had. I only had black.
black tea today. But I, I'm a lightweight. It really affects me. <laughs> That's why you have like six cups of coffee a day. I have like one black tea and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so when I have like an espresso or the other day I had, um, so I, I won a Starbucks gift card at a baby shower. <laughs> and so I, I never, ever go to Starbucks um, because I'm a snob. Um, and so when I have a Starbucks gift card, I try and get like the most expensive thing I can think of. Uh, and thus far, that's usually some form of tea latte. Uh, which is with soy milk. So it's over $5 um, for a drink, which is stupid. Um, but yeah, so I got a tea, like they had a, oh, green tea latte. And then it was a matcha tea latte. And I did not know this. And matcha, if I'm not mistaken, I thought it had more caffeine than regular green tea. So at least it sure felt like it. So yeah, <laughs> I had a really hyper afternoon that day. It was really good though. I mean, it was matcha green tea latte with soy. It's like, over five dollars at Starbucks. So that's another reason to not buy your frappuccinos, Jermon, is you save so much money. Oh yeah. You go somewhere, so you get expensive. an espresso for like two fifty instead of a drink for like six dollars. I just started going back to Starbucks. The uh, they're doing this like affogato thing where they pour a shot over like an ice drink. That is a it's... lie. <laughs> so affogato. That's a lie. It's ice cream. I forgot it was okay, ice cream okay. with an espresso It's shot. supposed to be ice cream. You said ice drink. I know. I know, I know it's a, It's not true, I forgot it. But it's, it's a lie. It, t- it still tastes good. Are uh, y'all ready for picks? Yeah, yeah, I could be. I'll go first. Uh, since I picked coding apps before, there's a new one that looks really good if you want to uh, do little coding exercises while you're away in little five-minute snippets. Uh, this one is Mimo, M-I-M-O. It's at getmimo.com. Uh, it's free, but some of the some of the packages are uh, pay, uh, so you can do little exercises in Swift or JavaScript or C Sharp or your language of choice. And that's it. Jervon, do you have a pick? I'm gonna say if you want to get into uh, like Raspberry Pi stuff with Adafruit, the Adafruit dashboard is pretty cool. Um, it's in beta. I'll post a link to it. Um, I'll also pick Black Market, which you should definitely watch if you have uh, Viceland, or get it online if you're a cable cutter. And then music. Um, so I'm going to complain before I pick up my music. Oh, here it is. So for those of you that have iPhones or iOS devices, why does search never work? Like you pull down. <laughs> it's like this has been broken for like three iOS releases. And there used to be a trick where you could make it work, like search for something else, but it just never works now. Uh, I, I think it waits for the internet results to come back, so it's a pain in the ass. Is, is that but what when you is? want to just uh. find an app on your phone, it, it doesn't work anymore. But it, it, it seems to be better in the betas now. I'm on iOS 10, and actually the first iOS 10 beta, it was like 10 times worse, and now it everything comes up instantly, and it's great. Interesting. Um... Uh... I'm going to pick a song. I'm pretty sure it's safe for the podcast. Uh, actually, I'm going to skip. I'm going to just put in something later. How about that? For music. And those are my picks. Pam, did you find your pick? I did. So uh, this is, I haven't picked on the podcast. Uh, I'm legitimately picking it because I think it's cool. It is does happen to be under the GitHub org that, of the company I work on. Um, but it's, uh, it's Lambda Shell which is a Lambda-backed Linux shell. So uh, 
it's kind of, I mean, if you've heard me talk about Lambda on the podcast and you've been curious about it, it's a really neat project to, uh, to run to just explore what's happening on the, the containers that are running in AWS Lambda. So you can discover things that, you know, like what commands you have access to and which ones you don't. Um, so uh, it's just a cool project. I think it's fun to play with. So check it out. So follow us on Twitter at TuringCool. Show notes are at Turing.cool, and I'll talk to you all later. Bye. 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 Bye.